You heard our scripture read this morning during the lighting of the Advent wreath, and we so appreciate that. This is scripture that we as, as God's people treasure because it reminds us of God's great love for us in sending his son, Jesus Christ. Christmas is a great time of year for many reasons. I'm riding around, I'm seeing a few people with lights up. Our house looks kind of dark and, and, and dreary by comparison with all the, some of what I see out there with just the lights shining. Some of you like to go ride around, watch Christmas lights, maybe even go places, Stone Mountain and other places that have incredible displays of Christmas lights. And obviously another part of our Christmas season is the songs that we sing. And I've had a chance to sing a couple of them this morning, and, and we will continue to do so all the way up through Christmas Day. Um, in fact, I kind of put a moratorium at my house on Christmas music and, until at least Thanksgiving. I don't know how, what, what it is around your place, and, um, but this year I've enjoyed listening to Christmas music, but not all of it. I'm getting ready to lose some church members, and I want to apologize up front. Because I want to begin by talking about some of those songs that I really don't enjoy. You probably have a list like that too. On the list of songs that I don't really enjoy would be Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> now I realize that's near and dear to many of you, but uh, to me, if that comes on, I'm flipping the station. There's a couple of them that, oh, this is where it really gets tricky because I know that for you, they may be favorites for you, but... They really don't strike home with me very much, and so I'm constantly changing the station if they pop up, and one of those songs is, Do You Hear What I Hear? Yes, I heard it the first time. It's a, it's a great song with a great theme, but it's just not one of my favorites. But then again, I, I do have a favorites list, songs that I really enjoy at Christmas time, and some of them are, are a little older, uh, or at least as old as I am. For instance, Andy Williams singing, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Uh, I enjoy that. Uh, Johnny Mathis singing the Christmas song, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. He sings it much better than I would. And then there are those wonderful Christmas hymns like, oh, <laughs> we get clapping for Johnny Mathis. Okay. All right. Way to go, Johnny. Then there are the songs like, Oh, Holy Night, Joy to the World. Man, I, I'm looking forward right now to our Christmas Eve service as we light those candles and as we sing joy to the world. I'm already looking forward to that. What child is this? And then one of the songs that I've grown to love through the years is I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And I'm going to share a little bit with you. That, that song actually uh, was written as a poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. It was written as a poem, but it has become a hymn for us a song to celebrate Christmas. And so let me just share with you the first three verses of that. I want you to hear that this morning. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men and in despair I bowed my head there is no peace on earth I said for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth goodwill to men I want to put a little stoppage right there because a song that began with such a high note 
hearing the bells on Christmas Day and the reminder of peace on earth, goodwill to men, the proclamation of the angels. Here in the third verse, it all kind of falls apart. We sing of peace on earth, and yet when we look around, what we don't see is peace. In fact, I don't know if any of you have ever seen this, but there is a website called the Global Conflict Tracker. As a matter of fact, here is just a, uh, I pulled off just a snapshot of that. It has areas that are critical and significant and areas that are limited. And it shows the hot spots kind of on the earth. And if you go and, and look, it'll actually give you some descriptions of the things that are taking place there. But when I see this, it is a reminder of something we already know and something reflected in this song, this poem. And that is that peace is an elusive thing. It seems that there are moments of peace. There are areas that have relative peace. But if you look across the world, and in fact, even if you open the Lake Oconee News or the Herald Journal, you see that our world is, is kind of messed up. It's broken. And that peace that we crave, even the peace that the angels announced, we look at it and we may ask, where is that peace? We may say there is no peace on earth. And that's not only true in distant lands like these. Isn't it also true in our homes? As we look around in our family or our extended family, we recognize that there is a, somehow a, a lack of peace. One of the reasons that I heard the bells on Christmas Day is one of those songs that I enjoy is because even though it recognizes the brokenness of the world, it doesn't end there. It'd be a sad song if it just ended there. In fact, it goes on to talk about a hope, a hope that is expressed in the words of the song. Then peal the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. For Christ is here, his spirit is near brings peace on earth goodwill to men we heard a few moments ago about the angels appearing to the shepherds on the hillside in bethlehem proclaiming peace one of the neat things for me was to have the opportunity to go and to actually be there in bethlehem and to look out not at night but look out in the daytime at least and to see the the sheep on the hillside of bethlehem with the shepherds sitting up on a rock watching out over those sheep and to recognize that it was in an area kind of like that maybe a little more desolate maybe it didn't have all the city behind it but an area like that where the angels came and appeared to the shepherds at night with this proclamation of peace do you know when they came the world was a mess just like it is today their world was a mess they, were, they had occupying armies in their country. The Roman, the Roman government had sent their armies, sent their legions to be there in Judah, around Jerusalem, even in the city of Jerusalem. There was a, 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 a madman, literally, who sat on the throne as a king. Herod was, he was a nut. But he was a vicious one, 
homicidal in all his ways. And this is a guy that's in charge. Whenever we feel like, hey, I don't like the guy who's president of the United States. Listen, it could be worse. They certainly had worse. Their situation, as we look at it, we recognize that, that like us, they still had poverty. They still had disease. They still had injustice. And in the midst of all this, in the darkness of that night, and in the darkness of that place, the angels came, and they pushed back the darkness. Fear not, they said. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this day, in the city of David, a Savior is born a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then the sky was filled with the hosts of heaven. And they declared glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace on earth. Peace promised to those who are under the favor of God. And what this didn't mean was that at that moment all violence across the globe stopped and people started treating each other with gentleness and respect. That's not what it means at all. And so you may be sitting out there going, okay, well, what is this peace that the angels proclaim, that peace that we sing about, that peace reflected in this poem, this song that we've just encountered? What is this peace after all and I think Longfellow hit the nail on the head in one of the verses that we never sing that is tucked away in the poem he wrote and that verse goes like this when men repent and turn from sin the, pre the prince of peace then enters in and grace imparts within their hearts his peace on earth goodwill to men Therein is the difference. When we think of peace, we think of the absence of conflict. When the angels came and declared peace, they were talking about the presence of a person. The Prince of Peace, Jesus himself. Now we know there's coming a day. We've read the, we've read the end of this book. We know there's coming a day when all conflict will finally cease the Father will turn to the Son, and he, and he will send the Son, and He will come, and there will be judgment for some, and glorification for others. But at the end of that, all conflict is going to be over. All fighting is going to be over. All of the injustices we see in the world will then be over, and there will be a peace forever. But the peace promised by the angels was not just something that would come in the future. They were talking about a present reality for those who are in Christ Jesus. To those for whom the Prince of Peace is enthroned in their hearts. There is a peace, the Bible says, that is beyond all understanding. When all the world's in conflict, when all the world is saying there is no peace. In the center of all that. You and I. Can have true peace.
knowing that we are at peace with God. That the rebellion that we once lived in, it's over. There's a peace that is beyond all understanding that guards both our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. There is peace. It is in the Prince of Peace. Even in this broken world, even with all the strife and the struggles that we have, we have a Savior who made this promise to us. I will be with you always. Don't miss that. You may feel alone, but the reality is that you are never alone. You may feel abandoned, but the reality is you are never abandoned. You have a Savior who loves you and who promised to be with you through everything, in everything. No matter what it is you're going through, no matter what it is you're encountering, no matter what it is that's coming against you, I will be with you always. We have a Savior who is with us, and we have a promise of peace that is beyond all understanding. A peace because we're at peace with God. We're not in rebellion against him. We are accepted in the beloved. No matter what you have done in your life, no matter where you have been in your life, no matter how far you have fallen, no matter how far away you have wandered from God, if you are in Christ, the Bible says we have peace with God. We are at peace with God, we are accepted by God, not because of anything we've done, by the way, but because of all that Jesus has done for us. He took away our sin to enable us to enter with boldness into the throne room of grace. We have this promise of peace as a present reality. And even in a conflict-filled world, we can have peace because we have Jesus who is the Prince of Peace. The angels proclaimed peace to the shepherds. But if this world is going to find out about that peace, is going to know about that peace, then we must now become the proclaimers. The angels said, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom he is pleased. How, listen, God does still send angels, but I'll be quite frankly, I, I, I haven't seen them. I haven't woken up in the middle of the night, I've been driving down the road and the sky just go suddenly bright with the appearance of angels. That's not been my experience. I do know that we read of encounters around the world where God does send angels and it is apparent what God is doing. But as for me, I haven't had that experience, although I'm sure that I've encountered many angels in disguise. I've never had the experience of these glorious angels. 
And so if God is not doing that on a regular basis, if God is not going to appear everywhere sending his angels with this brightness in the, in the middle of the night, how then will people find out about the peace that is beyond all understanding, the peace that can be theirs in Christ Jesus? How are they going to find out? The only way they're going to know about that peace is if we who are in that peace share it with them. And so as we come to the end of this message, I want to say that literally there are, there are two realities for all of us right here. We're in one of two places. Number one, we either need to receive peace. That is, we are separated from God. We, we have no peace we have not received the Prince of Peace as, as Savior and Lord of our lives. That's, it's not our possession. And if so, let me tell you, God is waiting to share his peace with you as you receive his son Jesus as Savior and Lord. If you need that today, then I want to encourage you. In a few moments, we, as we sing a final song, I want to encourage you to, to come forward and say, I'm ready to receive that peace. I'm ready to have that peace that comes from Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. And we would be happy, we would love to tell you exactly how you enter into that and how you can have that for yourself. You either need to receive peace or you need to give that peace, to pass it on, to proclaim that peace. They say that, uh, well, they say a lot of things. Statistics, and, and you do know that 95.8% of statistics are made up on the spot, right? In reality, surveys have been done have shown that 82% of people say they would attend a church service if someone simply asked them. You may not feel capable, and we've talked about it over the last few weeks, you may not feel fully capable of of sharing your faith story. I, I hope that you are, but you may, not, you may not feel capable yet. You may not feel capable of sharing Christ, how to, lead, how to walk someone into faith with Christ. And if, if, if that's the case, we want to we wanna encourage you over the course of the next few weeks and months, we're going we're gonna to be helping you in that. But could you at least invite someone to come to a place where they might hear the gospel message and be received by people who would care about them? Could you bring them to a place where they could learn about, hear about, be exposed to the Prince of Peace? I want to encourage you over the next, and listen, we only have, this is the second Sunday of Advent, so you know what that means, right? We have two more Sundays before we have our Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, people are probably more prone, more in tune, more interested during the Christmas season to hearing an invitation than any other time during the year. And so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to find someone that you can invite, that you can encourage, that you can come alongside this Christmas season and if you're ready to tell them about the peace of God that lives in your heart and how they can come to know Christ, I want to encourage you to do so. If you don't feel that you're there, 
hey, listen, take the little blue sheet that I showed you earlier and, and hand it to him and say, hey, listen, I'd love for you to come and, and be my guest at Grace Fellowship. I'll be at the door waiting for you when you show up. Or better yet, I'll pick you up and take you to Waffle House. We'll eat breakfast and then we'll come, to, come together. Whatever it takes. But to be a proclaimer of peace. The angels aren't doing that now. That's, that's your job. It's my job. And so as we come to the end of this message, as we, I, I want us to hear once again, I want us to hear what was, what was read to you earlier. As you contemplate the peace of God in your own life, maybe you need it. Or as you think about how God wants you to be a proclaimer of that peace. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. If you need that peace today, then I want to encourage you to come and discover that peace. A peace that's only found in Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the peace that we can have in Jesus. A peace that is beyond our understanding, beyond our comprehension. The world doesn't get it. A peace that guards our hearts in Christ. A peace that guards our minds in Christ, a peace that's available today, even in a world filled with conflict, that you are prepared to share peace. Lord, we thank you that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross brought us peace, that he was the once for all sacrifice, the one who gave himself that we might have life Lord, for those of us who have been embraced by that peace and who have embraced it, Lord, we thank you that you never leave us, never turn your back on us, never walk away from us. You're always there, always providing every moment of every day for us. But for those who need this peace, Father, I pray today in Jesus' name that your Holy Spirit would touch hearts and draw people to yourself that they might enter into a peace that is eternal in Jesus Christ, our Lord. For this is our prayer in his name. Amen.